Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I love a mystery. A Carlton E. Morse audio novel featuring Jack, Doc, and Reggie, specialists in crime and adventure. Now following the northwest trail of a missing millionaire, a killer cougar, and the Phantom Castle. This is Fred Foy, introducing Jim Harmon's presentation of Les Tremaine and Tony Clay in an original Carlton Morse thriller, The Fear That Creeps Like a Cat. Five o'clock in the evening in a Seattle hotel somewhere on the edge of Lake Union. The three comrades, Jack, Doc, and Reggie, are at the jumping-off place in their new adventure. The new adventure consisting of a manhunt with a million dollars at stake. They have been assigned by a big insurance company to bring back alive Alexander Archer, declared legally dead by order of the court. The court says he's dead. The insurance company says he's alive, and the three comrades have been assigned to the task of proving the insurance company right. The trio arrived in Seattle an hour ago by Stratoliner and registered at their hotel less than 20 minutes ago. Well, I'll tell you, hombres, one thing. We're working for the right people. Look at the size of this room. You could swing a hypnosaurus by the tail in here. Hey, Jack, you're sure this is a hotel we was told to come to? This is it. Well, doggone, if it's going to be like this, I hope our manhunt don't go no further than right here in Seattle. Not a chance. What you mean, not a chance? This afternoon, or tomorrow morning, we get a telegram from the insurance company in New York, and we're on our way. On our way where? Into the wilds of the Pacific Northwest. Is that all the information we got? Until the telegram arrives. I say, Doc, look here. We're right over Lake Union. We are? Well, I'll be doggone. Jack, we're on the second store right here over the lake. How about you two getting changed? Changed? Well, you can't go down to dinner here looking like that. Is the vittles we eat on the company, too? Oh, by all means, Doc. Well, son, just watch me do some expensive eating. Say, that insurance company don't care how it spends its money, does it? It'll be worth it to them if we bring Alexander Archer back alive. Yeah. Imagine them giving one man a million dollars worth of insurance money. Well, it was all right when they did it. 
Archer was one of the most substantial men in New York. Then last year, he lost his pants in a series of financial disasters. Yeah, I know that. And I still say a million smackers is a lot to put on one man. If I had... Hey, company, I'll get it. Oh, please, I'm sorry. Hey, don't be sorry. Come on in. How dare you? Well, doggone it. What you go rapping on people's doors for if you don't want to come in? What is it, Doc? A babe and a honey, what I mean. You're insulting. I made a mistake. Oh, no, you didn't. No, no. Come on in here. Help! Help! <sighs> there. You let go of me. Look at what I got me, Jack. You fellas can fish for your own. Doc, are you crazy? Well, look at her and ask me that again. But I say, grabbing girls out of the hole? What kind of gorilla have you got here anyway? What's it all about anyway? I came to your door by mistake and this, this... Sippy cat's a good word, sugar. Doc. If you'll please open that door. Oh, no, you don't. Doc, behave yourself, will you? Quite. This is no time for romance. Romance, my grandma. This little old she-girl's a-carrying a shooting pistol. That's not true. Look at the shape and sag of her coat pocket and tell me if it's true or not, Jack. Why did you come to our door with a gun? I tell you, it was a mistake. You should ought to be ashamed of yourself. Nice girl like you carrying pistols and telling lies. You let me out of here. Who are you? When the management of this hotel hears about this... Never mind the management. Who are you? Three men kidnapping a girl. Get her, Reggie. Rito. No, no. Let go of me. Get the gun, Doc. If you don't let me go, I'll scream. Scream and we'll gag you. Got it, son. Anything else in her pocket? No. Let me alone. Yeah, here's a handful of junk. All right. Let her go, Reggie. You'll be sorry for this. Sit down. Oh. See that she stays down, Reggie. I want to see what Doc's got here. Three great, big, brave men. Nevertheless, you heard what Jack said. Nothing but a lot of female junk. Powder puff wrapped up in a hanky. Lipstick. Bunch of keys. Compact. Here. Let me see that. Compact? Yes. Help! Help! Sit. Keep your hand over her mouth, Reggie. Quite. Now sit there and act like a lady. Find anything, Jack? Yes. Look at this. Telegram. Telegram? What's it say? From New York to Linda Joyce. It says, Packard, Long, and York arriving Seattle today. Will register at Crawford Arms Hotel. Stop the sign, Nick. Well, what you know? But I say, Jack, no one was supposed to know about us arriving in Seattle. Apparently everyone knows about it. Take your hand away from her mouth. Righto. You're Linda Joyce, I suppose. Supposing I am. How did this Nick person in New York... No, we were arriving in Seattle. How do I know? Why does he want us stopped? Yeah, and what's he mean, stopped? When the police hear about you kidnapping and manhandling me, I think you'll be stopped plenty. This will never get to the police, and you know it. You think not? I know it won't. Who are you spotting for? I don't know what you mean. Oh, yes, you do. You came to our door to be sure we'd arrived and to get a look at us. That's not true. I think it is. I also think you felt pretty certain you'd get away with that gag about coming to the wrong door. Otherwise, you'd not be carrying this telegram around with you. Was it very smart of you, sugar? Smart, guys. Figure everything out. I say, Jack, there's one thing I don't like. What's that, Reggie? I don't like the way she's taking it. We've caught her with the goods, and yet she doesn't seem a bit worried. Yeah, what's that mean? She thinks of... There's your answer. Yeah, more the same kind of company. Reggie. Keep her in that chair. Put your hand over her mouth. Doc, get behind the door as I open it. You betcha. Yes, I'm coming. Are you ready? Here goes. 
Good evening, sir. What do you want? Uh, you're Mr. Packard, aren't you? Yes. Uh, may I come in for a moment? <laughs> Why not? Thank you. Okay, you're in. What do you want? So, uh, my daughter is in here. Your daughter? That's right. Uh, by the way, would you mind having that young man standing behind me remove himself? I'm doing okay, Grandpa. Yes, but it makes me nervous to have someone behind me. Frisk him, Doc. You bet. Hold still, mister. Pretty desperate treatment, isn't it, gentlemen? Nothing bigger than a pocket knife on him, Jack. All right, but keep an eye on him. Now then, who are you? What's your business? I want you to release my daughter, naturally. Oh, you do? Yes. Uh, would you mind having that young man take his hand away from my daughter's mouth? First, what's your name? I'm Richard Cooper. Cooper. This girl's name is Linda Joyce. Linda Joyce? Oh, you must be mistaken. The heck we are. What is her name, then? Laura Cooper. Please have that young man release her. All right, Reggie. Quite. Oh, thank goodness you came, Father. Laura, how many times have I told you to keep away from strange men? But it was a mistake. I came to the wrong door. I'm afraid you're a very naughty girl, Laura. That's it? You always think the worst of me? Past experience, my dear. Past experience. Now, if you gentlemen will allow me, I'll take her back to her room. I assure you, she won't annoy you again. You promise that? Indeed, I do. Well, you'd better keep an eye on her. Doc's gone for her in a big way, and I won't be responsible. Oh, dear, oh, dear. I've had so much trouble with this girl. Come along, my dear. Yes, Father. Which one of you is Doc? That's me, Grandpa. Red hair. Laura's very fond of red hair. Women are weak, my boy. Weak. I beg you not to take advantage of her. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Well, I'll be a two-tailed hypnotherapist. But I say, Jack, the telegram. That girl's more than just a flighty female. Sure. But that was a great act they put on. Kindly old father and his wayward daughter. Doggone if it wasn't. The old guy acting like he was on his last leg. I say, he did look on the trembly side. I felt sorry for him. Sorry, my eye. When I went over him looking for a gun, I felt muscles like steel. That guy could lick his weight in wildcats. But, Jack, why did you let them go? Why not? We got everything we could out of them. We can't be bothered with prisoners. Sure, we know the gang's on our trail. We know what two of them look like. Hey, who are you phoning to? Listen, and you'll find out. Hello. Uh, I want to send a wire. Ready? The Viking Insurance Company, 1440 Broadway... New York City. Who is Nick? He tipped off gang in Seattle of our presence. The fight's on. Signed, Jack Packard. Thank you. Why didn't you tell him to rush them final instructions so we can get out of here? What's the hurry? If we stick around, we may meet some more of the boys and girls. Yeah, I wonder if they got any more little old she-gals as pretty as Linda Joyce or Laura Cooper, whatever her name is. Mm, good looking, but a little bit on the scratch cap side for me. They can be anything they want to be, just as long as they're pretty. Boy, did you notice how she felt out that dress she was wearing? Doc, listen. Hey, 
Somebody's picking our lock. Get over there by the door, Reggie. Doc, get in the bathroom. Okay, sir. Give me the gun. Okay. Catch. <clears throat> hey, they've got it open. Watch. All right, stick them up, you mugs. Hello, boys. Shut the door. What can we do for you? We'll take care of that. Where's the third guy? What third guy? I got this guy covered. Sam, blast that guy by the wall if he makes a move. I say, a bit drastic, don't you think? Shut up. Mac, look in the bathroom for that other mug. Three tough boys. Shut up. Anybody in the bathroom, Mac? I got him, Jack. Get him. Get him, Reggie. Get to your feet. Doggone, as pretty as you please. All right, you, stand up. Hey, Jack, now we're gone. What are we going to do with them? Open the window. The window? You mean we're going to throw them out? Why not? The lake won't hurt them. Well, doggone. Hey, what do you think you're doing? Come on. Help me, Doc. You're done, tootin'. Hey, hey, I can't swim. How'd he go? Whoopee! Man, what a dive. Next. Out he goes. Whee! Is the man in the bathroom unconscious? Out like a light. All right, throw him out in the hall. He might drown. Who is it? Hurry, hurry. Let me in quick. What do you want? They're going to kill me. They're going to kill me. of Jack, Doc, and Reggie have come to you in I Love a Mystery. Created and written by Carlton E. Morse. Scripts copyrighted by Morsel Co. Incorporated. Produced and directed by story editor Jim Harmon. Featuring Les Tremaine as Jack Packard and Tony Clay as Doc Long. With Frank Brzee as Reggie York. Others in the cast included Jack Lester as Mr. Cooper, Corey Seaton as Laura, your announcer, Fred Foy. This presentation has come from Hollywood. I Love a Mystery. A Carlton E. Morse audio novel featuring Jack, Doc, and Reggie, specialists in crime and adventure. Now following the northwest trail of a missing millionaire, a killer cougar, and the Phantom Castle. This is Fred Foy introducing Jim Harmon's presentation of Les Tremaine and Tony Clay in an original Carlton Morse thriller, The Fear That Creeps Like a Cat.
Six o'clock in the evening in a Seattle hotel somewhere on the edge of Lake Union. The three comrades, Jack, Doc, and Reggie, are launched on a million-dollar manhunt. They had just overcome three gunmen in their hotel room when there was a knock on the door, and the girl's voice cried out, They're going to kill me. Get that door open. Doc, Reggie. Hey, what's the matter? Sprawled on the floor outside our door. I say, is she dead? Where do we get her inside? Give me a hand, Reggie. Right, Joe. Keep an eye on the hall, Doc. Okay. Here we go. Easy with her. She's breathing. Shut the door, Doc. Uh-huh. Nobody in the hall. Yeah, right here on the bed. Hey, will you look what we got this time? Darn she ain't even prettier than the other girl. What is it, Jack? What's the matter with her? She must have fainted. Doesn't seem to be anything else the matter. Well, that's a relief. Looky, son. Did you ever see anything prettier than them long eyelashes? I'm more interested in who she is. And why she came screaming to our door, saying they were going to kill her. I'd just like to see anybody try killing her. You know, Jack, all my Texas chivalry... Forget your Texas chivalry and go get a glass of water. Just the same if I can fight for this little old gal's honor. Will you get me a glass of water? All right, all right. Help me get her out of her coat. Right. Hold her up a bit. Uh, there we are. She was confined in her pockets. Dressed a bit on the expensive side. Yes. Look at that diamond on her finger. Water for baby, Jack. Yeah. I say, Jack, here's a letter addressed to Jeanette Archer. Archer? Here, let me see that. Quite. Hey, look. We're hunting for a guy named Alexander Archer. Of course. Wonder if Curly Locks here is any relation. Jeanette Archer. Do either of you remember the insurance company saying anything about a girl by that name? Heck, I don't remember half them insurance guys told us. Pour some of that water on this towel and bathe her forehead, Doc. Now you're talking, son. That's a job I'd really like. I wish those final instructions from the insurance company would get here so we could get out of Seattle. Oh, I don't know. We ain't going to find any gals as pretty as this up yonder in the woods. But couldn't we go without the information? I'm going to chance it if they don't hurry up. She ain't showing no signs of coming around. Give her time. Haven't we got all the important information we need? We know that Alexander Archer had a million-dollar insurance policy. We know that on evidence presented by his estate, he was declared dead by the courts. That the insurance company still thinks he's alive and hiding somewhere up along the Canadian coast. Yeah, and it's our job to bring him back if he is alive. And now we know more than that. I say we do. Well, we know that there's a group of people mighty anxious not to have us go on with this man. <laughs> Ain't it the truth? First that pretty female girl that come in toting a pistol, and then that old guy... Oh, look here. Huh? Well, what's the matter? That chappy you knocked unconscious in the bathroom, he's still in there. Uh, hey, that's right. Uh, there's too many things happening. Reggie, go throw him out in the hall. With pleasure. Well, there's one thing, son. We sure are popular. We've been in Seattle about an hour, and here at the hotel about half an hour, and looking at all the visitors we've had. I wish I knew where this girl fits into the picture. Well, if she don't fit in no place, can I have it? <laughs> you practically got her now. I didn't tell you to hold her head in your lap. Well, Dad Bussets, it's easier to bathe the forehead this way. Just dump him out in the hall any place, Jack. Yes, why not? How bad is he hurt? Eh, he's just sleeping off a sock in the kisser. Throw him out. Hey, you know something, Jack? No, what's the matter? There's something kind of indelicate. Maybe I ought to mention. Indelicate? Yeah. A real Texas gentleman don't see what he ain't supposed to see. But when we picked up this pretty little old honey out yonder in the hall... Well, what about it? Well, fella, to tell you the truth, if you was to look, not that I think you should, you understand, but if you was to look, 
I bet you money you'd find a little old stabbing knife strapped to this baby's leg just about a right knee. You sure? It was an accident. I just couldn't help seeing it. Oh, don't be a hypocrite. Jack, I ain't no hypocrite. You don't say things like that. Where's a knife, huh? The Linda Joyce girl carried a gun and this one a knife. Yeah. Looks like all the cats in the Northwest got claws, don't it? She doesn't show any signs of consciousness yet? Nope. Sleeping like a baby. Jack, Jack, I say, Richard Cooper. What about him? He's coming down the hall. Hey, you mean Grandpa's coming to pay us another visit? I'm not sure. I ducked back in the room the moment I saw him. One, I should frisk him again if he asked to come in here? Yes. Just leave the wet cloth on the girl's brow and get over by the door. Ain't much fun of holding an unconscious girl head in your lap anyway. Hmm. I was wondering whether that was romance or your mother instinct, Doc. How would you like a busting eye? <laughs> Doc, you're behind the door. Reggie, you open it. I'll have him covered. Company's here. Open up, Reggie. Uh, gentlemen. I say, it's Mr. Cooper, Jack. What does he want? Uh, may I come in? He wants to come in, Jack. All right. Please, step in, Mr. Cooper. I'm afraid I'm getting to be an awful bother. <laughs> Hold still, fella. Here, are you behind me again? Looks like it, don't it? Keep your hands out in front of you, Cooper. Am I uh, subjected to this indignity every time I come into this room? Not a bad idea. No, he ain't can nothing, Jack. What in the world gave you the idea that I might be armed? Everyone else visiting us has been. By the way, as I came down the hall, I noticed something rather unusual. That so? Yes. The body of an unconscious man. Rather out of place in a hotel of this distinction. Did you call the management? No, I never like to get mixed up in unpleasant matters of that nature. Besides, the management is upset enough as it is. Two men dived into the bay from someplace up on this floor. Dived in my grandma. We throwed them in. Is that so? They said they dived in. Well, never mind that. What do you want this time, Cooper? I came for my daughter. I say, your daughter? Yeah, she's a little bit eccentric. She has fainting spells. Fella, you're just lousy with eccentric daughters, ain't you? I beg your pardon. That's what I said. First, we grab a gal carrying a gun. In her pockets, a telegram saying her name's Linda Joyce. You come along and say her name's Laura Cooper. Next, we find the girl outside our door in a dead faint after yelling somebody's trying to kill her. And in her pockets, a letter saying her name's Jeanette Archer. And now you say her name's Cooper. That's right, Brenda Cooper. Now, if you'll allow me to carry the child back to her room... Hold it, Cooper. You mean you're not going to let me have her? That's right. But this is outrageous. Maybe. But the child needs medical attention. Besides, I object to leaving my daughter in this room with three strange men. How do you account for the fact she's carrying a letter with the name Jeanette Archer? Easily. Jeanette Archer's a friend of hers. In fact, they're roommates at college. That sounds silly. My good man, are you going to let me take my daughter back to her room? Or will I be obliged to call the police? Say, that's not a bad idea. Now, see here. I don't want trouble with you men. I'll admit my daughters are a bit wild. I'm not holding you responsible. Don't move or open your mouth, Cooper. 
gun? Yes, a gun. Doc, open the door a crack. If there's any funny work, Cooper's going to be sorry. Okay, fella. Hey, it's a bellboy. He's got a telegram. Take it and close the door. Sure. Thanks, son. Here you are. Got it? You bet you. Reggie, look up the number of the police department. Get them on the phone. Now, now, don't be hasty. You're the one who suggested it. I had no intention of calling them. I, in fact, I have every good reason for not calling. You ain't kidding them, mister. Yes, my daughter's names have been in the papers before. Nothing serious, you understand. Wild parties. Please save them any further notoriety. Here it is, Jack. Get them on the wire. You, you, you're going to insist on it? That's right. I say, get me main 4400, please. In that case, I shall withdraw. Suit yourself. I I hope you realize you're breaking an old man's heart. I suppose there's a little old gray-haired mother with a shawl around her shoulders somewhere in the background, too. <sighs> Good evening, gentlemen. <laughs> we sure bluffed him out of that one. Bluffed nothing. What's the matter, Reggie? Haven't you got them yet? They're on the wire, but they asked me to hold the line a moment. Doc, let me see that telegram. Uh, oh, yeah. From the insurance company, you think? Probably. Uh, what's it say? It's what we've been waiting for. Oh, righto. Hold the line a moment. Here they are on the wire, Jack. Let me take it. Hello. Listen, there's an unconscious girl by the name of Jeanette Archer up in room 232 of the Crawford Arms Hotel. Get here quick or she'll be kidnapped. Never mind who this is. Get here and step on it. Hey, Jack, if we stick around here and get mixed up with the police... We're not going to stick around. Reggie, tear all the sheets off the bed. Righto. But looky, fella. Doc, will you stop asking questions? Start tying these sheets together? Okay, fella. But if I'm a flying hypnoser, if I know why... Be careful of those knots. They've got to hold our weight. I say we're going out the window. That's just what we're doing. But doggone it, Jack, the lake's down below us. Then we'll get our feet wet. I'll say we will. Clean up to our necks. Here, here. Move one of the beds over to the window. Come on, Reggie. Doggone it, things ain't getting crazier in a lunatic asylum. You fellas get out of your coats and wrap some extra clothes in them and tie them to your backs. We're going to have to swim for it. But why the heck don't we just walk out of the place? Because you crazy fool, Cooper and his gang would see us. They'd see we didn't have this girl with us, and they'd break in here and grab her. We ain't going to take her with us? You bet we're not. Let the police come and get her. There. That ought to hold our weight. You ready, Reggie? Right. Then out with you while I'm getting ready. We'll meet in those bushes over there beside the lake. See you later. So long. Hey, you know, that water's going to be cold. Never mind that. Watch Reggie. As soon as he drops into the lake, you go down. Dad, rat it. I know these riches are going to shrink if they get wet. Where do we go from here, son? There. I'm ready. There's a motorboat waiting for us down on the Puget Sound. Reggie's down. Here I go. Hurry up. You bet. Motorboat, huh? Doc, they're here. Hurry up. Hey, Jack, something's keeping way. Look out! Oh, that's beautiful. Now I've got to dive. Well, here goes nothing. 
Cuss these blame britches. They're choking me to death already. Adventures of Jack, Doc, and Reggie have come to you in I Love a Mystery. Created and written by Carlton E. Morse. Scripts copyrighted by Morsel Co. Incorporated. Produced and directed by story editor Jim Harmon. Featuring Les Tremaine as Jack Packard and Tony Clay as Doc Long. Consultants Frank Brzee and David Lloyd. Your announcer, Fred Foy. This presentation has come from Hollywood. I Love a Mystery. A Carlton E. Morse audio novel featuring Jack, Doc, and Reggie, specialists in crime and adventure. Now following the Northwest Trail of a missing millionaire, a killer cougar, and... The Phantom Castle. This is Fred Foy introducing Jim Harmon's presentation of Les Tremaine and Tony Clay in an original Carlton Morse thriller, The Fear That Creeps Like a Cat. Seven o'clock at night on the waterfront of Puget Sound somewhere at the foot of Seattle. On evidence presented by the estate of Alexander Archer, the courts have declared him legally dead, but the insurance company believes him alive and have hired the three comrades to find him and bring him back alive. There's a million-dollar insurance policy on his life, and there is a vicious and well-organized gang trying desperately to block the search for him. Half an hour ago, they dodged members of the gang at their hotel and are now completely enfolded in fog and darkness on the Puget Sound waterfront. Hey, I suppose you know where we're going, Jack? Well, we must be almost there. We keep walking along the dock until we come to a warehouse saying, Belts Iron Foundry Loading Dock. Well, that's silly. How are we going to see Belts Iron Foundry Loading Dock when it's so dark, you can't even see the hand in front of you. That's why I stopped at the drugstore and bought these flashlights. A lot of good they do. We're on our way to the... On our way where? I don't know. The telegram said we'd find a motor launch waiting for us at the dock. Well, if we ever find it... Hey, Dad, blast it. Oh, I went and stepped into something. <laughs> well, if there's anything for miles around to step in, I'm the fellow that steps in it. <laughs> oh, take it easy, old boy. Well, blast it all anyway. You don't know where the launch is taking us? Nope. 
We're going to be run across Puget Sound to some little town, and after that, we're on our own. Sounds a bit indefinite. Well, after all, that's our job. If the insurance company knew where Alexander Archer was, they'd go get him themselves. Well, what makes them think he's up in this part of the country? I don't know, but they must be right. Because if we were on the wrong track, we wouldn't be having so much trouble with the gang that doesn't want us to find him. Hey, I hadn't thought of that. Hold it. What's this warehouse say? You tell me. Well, there's there's something up there. I, I can't read it. Hey, Doc, you're the lightest. Climb up on Reggie's shoulders. Hunch over, Reggie. Come on, Doc. Think I'm some kind of a squirrel? <laughs> hey, hold, hold still, Reggie. I say, get your knee out of my neck. I'll hang on to your feet. Now, stand up. Yeah, so when I fall, I'll light on my head. Doc, will you stop horsing around? All right, all right. Can you see? Yeah, uh, just a minute. Yeah, it, it says Belt Iron Foundry. All right, this is it. Jump down. Yep. What we need in this outfit is a trapeze performer. Well, there's supposed to be a pier right out the front. The launch should be tied out there. I don't see no pier. Well, it's there. Come on. First thing you know, we're going to be up to our armpits in the Pacific Ocean. Not ocean. Puget Sound. Well, it's just as wet. We would have to pick a foggy night. Stop grumbling. Why? That's all I want to know. Just plain why. Because I'm tired of hearing you. That reason enough? Reckon so, son. All you got to do is give me a reason. Hey, ain't them lights ahead? Uh, down close to the water? Quite. This must be it. Watch out for steps going down to the water. Fall down, bust your necks. I hope you do. Well, I probably will. Oh, shut up. Hey, you. Who said that? Here, here, you, uh, Jack Packard. That's right. Well, the launch is right down below. Oh, watch the steps. Follow right behind me. Belay there. All right, into the boat with you. Can't see a darn thing. Just step down. You're all right. There. Oh, yeah, here's a place to sit down. All right, slide over. Huh? Oh, sure. All right, Bill. Turn her over and cast off. Well, fellas, we're on our way. How much of a trip is it? Are you uh, talking to me? Yes. How much of a trip have we got ahead of us? Oh, a couple of hours. As soon as we get across, we'll find a hotel and get a good night's sleep. Hey! Hey there! Come back here! You got the wrong boat! You got the wrong boat! Come back! I got the boat you want! Hey, what does he mean? Yeah, what does he mean we got the wrong boat? Crazy old fool. That's a crazy French. Every time any other boat on the sound takes out a load of passengers, he acts like that. Always trying to get a load for his boat. Is that what it is? That's it. You acted plenty unhappy. Can't stand here talking. Gotta go back and take over. Jack. Yes. You don't suppose we could have taken the wrong boat, do you? That's what I think. Hey, you think? And I'm also thinking this is a fine time to find out about it. Well, what are we waiting for? Let's do something about it. Sit down. But look at fella. Sit down, will you? Let's figure this out. Well, I didn't mind telling you. I don't like it. This man in our boat called me Pack. So he was expecting us all right. But see here, Jack. We haven't made a move so far that Cooper and his gang haven't known about beforehand. I know that. But how could they have found out about our orders to come to the waterfront? 
We only got the telegram about ten minutes before we left the hotel. Well, maybe they seen the telegram before it was brought up to us. Or that chap back in New York might have wired them. He certainly warned them about us arriving in Seattle. Could be done all right. Well, then, doggone it, let's make these hombres turn this boat around. We might try. What you mean, try? There's only two of them and three of us. If they're part of the gang, they're armed. We're not. They could shoot us down before we could move. In the dark? They couldn't hit the side of a barn. What do you think, Reggie? I'm for it. Doggone right. All right. Here we go. Get them out of the yard, dead men. All of you. Hey, who said that? Give up mine. Just move. Well, you long-ass sippy cat. Yeah, quiet. What about it, Jack? Are we going to sit here and take that? Looks like it. Well, I'll be a two-horned blue jay. Duck. Huh? Cut it out. You mean we ain't going to do nothing? That's right. Now you're talking sense. Just relax and enjoy the ride. Well, I don't mind telling you, fella. I just plain don't like your face. How do you know? You ain't never seen me. I can tell by the tone of your voice. I don't. You talk too much. I ain't begun to say what I'm a-thinking. That's so. Yeah, that's so. And there's something else I just thought of, Jack. What's that? Well, looky, can you see this hombre we're talking to? Nope. Well, neither can I. Can you, Reggie? No, I can't. And I've barely near strained my eyes trying to. Okay. If we can't see him, how the heck's he seeing us? Sure, and if he can't see us, how's he going to shoot us? Why, you bozos, make one move. Yeah, what do you think's going to happen? Come on, try it. My trigger finger's just itching. You think he's bluffing, Jack? Your guess is as good as mine. Well, why don't we chance it? At least we'll get some action for our money. <laughs> you got a hint in your pants, Doc. Yes, I have, Dad, blame it. Now, you and Reggie can sit there like a couple of pumpkins. Jack, that killed the motor. This is where you mugs get off. How do you like it? Get off? I don't see no land. It's there, though. About a quarter of a mile straight down. You mean you want us to jump overboard? Not until you're dressed for it. Dressed for it? Yeah. You wouldn't want to get in the cold water unless you was dressed for it. Hey, what the heck are you talking about? I ain't a horn to go swimming dress or no dress. Now, you won't mind it with a sack over your head and a piece of iron bar tied to your feet. Not for long, anyway. Well, I'll be a smelly onion if they're going to tie any iron bar to my feet. All right, Bill, you ready? Yeah, let's jump them. Get out of here. Where's Jack? He's bringing up the ropes and the hucks of iron. How about a little light to work in? No. Any passing craft seeing a light drifting out here would get nosy. What's keeping Jake? Hey, Jake. You better go see what's the matter. Well, keep that rod on them fellas. They're mighty tricky. You both don't hear that? Hey, you punks. Did you hear what I said? Hey! Hey, you guys! Joe! Jake! Come here! Well, what's the matter, Bill? Come here! I think they've gone over this side! What do you mean, over the side? Well, where were you and your gun? What can I do in the dark? I didn't hear a sound. They were sitting right there. Whoopee! Jack, man overboard. Here's some rope. Did you knock him out, Reggie? I don't know. Help! Help! All right, here it comes, Bill. Do it! Do it! I can't swim! I did throw it. Yes, I got it! I got it! Pull me in! Help me, Reggie. Heave on it. That's it. I can hear him. He's right alongside. Give me a hand, fella. 
There you are, you yellow-tailed polecat. I, I can't swim. I don't know why we didn't hold you under instead of pulling you out. Tie him up, Reggie. I'm taking care of this other would-be tough guy. Yeah, I sure landed right on his kisser. Apparently you did. He hasn't moved since. Hey, what about the other fella? The guy they called Jake? He doesn't seem to like our party. Yeah? Ain't seen hiding the hair of him. There, that should hold our friend Bill. All right. Let's go see what Jake has to say for himself. You betcha. Shuckin', that other fight didn't hardly get my blood circulating. Hey, Jake! Come on out! You might as well give up! Yeah, fella. All's out and free. Here, wait a minute. If we turn on some light, he'll be easier to find. Yeah, if we know where they are. Hey, what's making him big waves? Oh, Doc! Reggie! Jump! Hey! Run down! Look Doc. out! Look out! Jack? Reggie? Hello! Everybody all right? Yeah. Well, I can't touch bottles. That's what you mean. Uh, I say, what hit us? Jake Freighter. Went right on. Didn't even know it. I say, what about Bill and those other two? Well, that's their hard luck. The question is, what about us? Well, if we got a drown, I don't know any prettier place than this here Puget Sound. Adventures of Jack, Doc, and Reggie have come to you in I Love a Mystery. Created and written by Carlton E. Morse. Scripts copyrighted by Morsel Co. Incorporated. Produced and directed by story editor Jim Harmon. Consultants, Frank Brzee and David Lloyd. Your announcer, Fred Foy. This presentation has come from Hollywood. Love a Mystery, a Carlton E. Morse audio novel featuring Jack, Doc, and Reggie, specialists in crime and adventure, now following the northwest trail of a missing millionaire, a killer cougar, and the Phantom Castle. This is Fred Foy introducing Jim Harmon's presentation of Les Tremaine and Tony Clay in an original Carlton Morse thriller, The Fear That Creeps Like a Cat. Seven o'clock at night, somewhere in Puget Sound, off the waterfront of Seattle. Tonight, the three comrades had orders to meet a launch at the Puget Sound dock 
which would carry them on the first leg of their expedition. Gangsters kidnapped them in a second launch. Out in the middle of the sound, they were run down by a big freighter. And at the moment, Jack, Doc, and Reggie are swimming around in the dark and fog, trying to keep afloat. Well, there goes my underdrawers. I could be arrested for what I ain't got on. Uh, save your breath. We're going to need it if we keep afloat. Me and Lady Godiva. Only she had a horse. Doc, don't you realize this is serious? Two or three miles out here in Puget Sound, not the faintest idea which way to swim. You know, Jack, I ain't swum naked since I was a tadpole back in Texas. You can think of more useless information. Well, why not? Here we are waiting either to get rescued or drowned. Might as well talk and enjoy ourselves. Well, go ahead if you're enjoying it. Well, ain't you? <laughs> Never mind me. I can stick my head underwater when I get full. Me and my cousin Winnie May used to swim in flower sacks when we was kids down in Texas. Flower sacks, huh? Yeah. What's the matter? Didn't you have any water? Oh, you know what I mean. Instead of store swimming suit. Uh-huh. Yeah, there was a pond on her papa's place. Hogs used to wallow in the mud around the edge. Oh, that's a lovely picture. No, we didn't mind them, though. We just waded through them and out into the deep water. It'd come up to our pistol pockets in the deepest place. Wonder you didn't catch something. We did. Tadpoles, water snakes, things like that. <laughs> I mean disease, you dope. Germs. Heck no. Me and Winnie Mae were so tough, germs couldn't stand the sight of us. <laughs> hey, hey. Hey, listen. Quick, yell. Yell your heads off. Help! 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 Over this way! Help! This way! This way! Help! I say he's got the light on us. Well, doggone. Looks like we ain't gonna be fish bait after all. You see us? Here we are! I see you all right! The bat! The bat, there, right? Don't, don't, don't run him down now. Cut the engine! Easy. Port there! Relay there! We'll have you aboard in no time. Hey! You got a woman aboard? <laughs> you you get here. One woman. One grand sailor, that girl. Oh, look here. Hey, tell her to hide her head. We're naked as babies. <laughs> Maria, Maria, those eyes. Keep them forward. I don't see anything so dad blame funny. Oh, never mind, Doc. Climb aboard. Okay. <sighs> How you doing, Reggie? I'm already in, Jack. Oh, all right, then. Here I come. <clears throat> Huh? That is all, eh? Yeah, yeah, that's all. Hey, what about them other three? What's the use? We haven't heard a word out of any of them. Three more? Yes, yes, three. We've been in the water half an hour. Three is start the engine. Circle around. Use the searchlight. There are three more. We, it is too late, I think, though. Here, uh, you wrap up in these blankets. Blankets? Doggone, can I use one of them? What happened? What you do out here? Our launch was run down by a big freighter. They didn't even know they hit us. You have lights on? Blow whistle? And freighter hit you? No, we didn't blow any whistle when the lights were out. No whistle, no lights. 
Buffalo Moon Jew. Such is bad. Why not? Because the three men you're looking for now had us prisoners. Prisoners? Oh, my God. Your name is Jacques Bacard. I bet you my life. Hey, are you the bird that yelled to us just as we pulled away from the dock? Yeah, that is right. When you go another boat, I do not know what to do. Then I follow you. Well, you certainly did the right thing. If you hadn't come along, we'd have been dead Indians in another hour. Hey, Maria. Maria, these are fellas we're supposed to pick up tonight. Hey, Papa, you tell me this? Yeah, these fellas we look for. She's no good. We don't look no more. We don't look for three other men. No, no. They're wicked folks. Let them go to shore best way she can. Then how shall I set the course, Papa? Wait, wait. I will take the help. Now, you fellas, make yourself comfortable. I will send Maria back. Hey, what's he mean he's going to send Maria back? And us with nothing but blankets on. First time in your life you've been afraid of a girl. Well, Dad busted. I ain't presentable. What about you, Reggie? I say, tell her to keep away from me. What's a she-woman doing on this boat anyway? Hello. Hey. You boys look like Indian papoos wrapped in blankets. Hey, would you mind sitting down over yonder by Reggie? You make me nervous. Oh, I say, not over here. Here, sit down here. Oui. These other boys, they are afraid of women? In their present state. I think it's a very good thing we come along when we do. I know it. You're Frenchie's daughter? That is so. He is a fine man, my papa. Well, he seems to think you're a pretty good sailor. I am. I go with him on his boat everywhere. Hey, was your papa hired to take us on this trip? Yes. Then you get the wrong boat by mistake. You're telling us. This man with red hair talks funny. Hey, what you mean I talk funny? I think it's funny. Well, it's good old United States, and don't let anybody tell you it ain't. This nice boy with the blonde hair, he is English, I think. Quite. Do you mind? Oh, no. When I was in convent, I was very much in love with English boy. Oh, but I am not anymore. I am not in love with anybody anymore. Well, that's all very swell, lady. But will you tell us where we can get some clothes, or are we going to have to go around here with blankets on the rest of our lives? <laughs> no, I don't think you will have to do that. You don't, huh? No. When we reach Port Force, Papa, I will go up to store and buy you something. Yeah? Well, I wear a size 38 underdrawers. I say, Doc. Well, blame it all I do. <laughs> this Doc makes me want to laugh all the time. Now, look out for him. He's a Texas boy, and you know how a Texas boy is about women. Oh, really and truly? I'm afraid so. But it's a very big place, I think. You bet your sweet life it's a big place. With lots of girls? Yeah, but you have to run them down like you do jackrabbits. Oh, me. I don't run. I don't run away from anything. Oh, there, Maria. Oui, Papa? This boy, she calls. You give her a drink of brandy, huh? No, I have not. I have forget. What name of Thorn? Where are you with? What kind of folks you think we are? Give it to her. Plenty much. Oui, Papa. I will fix it. Papa is worried. He thinks you must have big spot of brandy. I will get it. Say, you know, I kind of like that gal. No. Well, doggone if I don't. Wouldn't you know I'd be wrapped up in a blanket? Something always happens to me when there's a pretty girl around. There now. We'll fix you up plenty quick, I bet you know. Maria, you say your father is taking us up to Port Forest? Oui. Here, monsieur. Where is this Port Forest? Way up the other side of Bellingham on the coast. We will not get there before dawn, I think. You, Mr. Dodd? Thanks a heap, sugar. You tell your papa I think you're a swell folk. What kind of country is Oh, very wild. Not many folks up there, huh? No, just loggers and lumberjacks. Lumber country? Very much lumber. Very much trees. 
It is a very rough place, I can tell you those. <laughs> Doggone, I like hearing you talk. <laughs> That's funny. I like to hear you talk, and you like to hear me talk. You know, Maria, me and you ought to hit it off all right. I mean, when I get me a pair of britches. <laughs> you say crazy things, I think. Oh, there, Maria. Yes, Papa? Come up forward, take the helm. One minute, I come. Hey, you gonna leave us? Oui, when Papa goes, I go. But I will come back. <laughs> when Papa calls, poof, I go. You know, Doc, if it wasn't for women, you'd be a top-notch sidekick. What you talking about? I'm the best doggone sidekick a fella ever had. Look at you. All you've got in your head is Maria. Yeah. Well, what you hombres got in your head? I say, not Maria. Well, that's your hard luck. Hey, look, I just thought of something. Have we got any money? What do you mean, we? Well, I ain't. Every cent I had is in my britches pocket floating somewhere out there. What about you, Reggie? I say, not a cent. Well, ain't that a nice pickle? Well, I guess it was lucky I was carrying our bankroll. I put it in my waterproof tobacco pouch and tied it around my neck. Well, Jack, you're so doggone smart as disgusting. Sometimes I just plain don't like you. We'll need that cash. If we're going out in the woods, we'll need supplies. Oh, I know that. Just makes me mad you being a wise guy all the time. Now, what's the matter with these fellas? She, she mad? No, no, he's just talking through his hat. What about it, Frenchie? Maria says we won't get to Port Forest before morning. <laughs> that girl, Maria, she one smart girl. She knows this country like I do. Well, what happens when we get to Port Forest? You ask me? Yes, I'm asking you. Oh, that is bad. Why bad? Because me. I come back here to ask you same question. Oh, I see. You had instructions to take us to Port Forest, and that's all? That is right. Then I have to get next information from you. Frenchie, you know what this is all about? Why you're taking us up there? Mm, no, no, I know nothing. How would you like to make a fortune for you and Maria? Money? You talk about money? Lots of money. Well, you betcha my life. For money, i do anything. That's a bet. You stick to us, and you'll have plenty of money. Boom, boom. Now you're talking, Jack. Man, I can fight my weight in wildcats of that little old Maria I'm looking on. Adventures of Jack, Doc, and Reggie have come to you in I Love a Mystery. Created and written by Carlton E. Morse. Scripts copyrighted by Morsel Co. Incorporated. Produced and directed by story editor Jim Harmon. Featuring Les Tremaine as Jack Packard and Tony Clay as Doc Long. Consultants Frank Brzee and David Lloyd. Your announcer, Fred Foy. This presentation has come from Hollywood. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, 
working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.